Go ahead and find Luke chapter 8 with me. Luke chapter 8. So our past two reading nights, I don't even uh, know how long those were ago, um, but over the past two reading nights, um, we have read from the Gospel of Luke. Um, First, we did chapters 1, 2, and 3, and then we did chapters 4 through 7. Um, And one of the things I've discovered in doing this for a while now is that um, far and away the most successful reading nights, and I think the one we get the most out of and follow along and enjoy the most, are parts of the Bible that are narratives. Um, I found that the prophets, I think that is a, would be a good discipline to do more reading from the prophets and the prophetic oracles of Joel or whatever, but sometimes that's just hard for us to follow. We really need to dig down and unearth a lot of those images. But a narrative, a story, uh, it's just made to be consumed in this one, one sort of go. And in particular, the narratives of Jesus' life and work are just incredible stories, and I think they work well for this setting. Um, you know, preachers do a lot of carving up of the text. We carve up the text into little, little sections. You know, so in Luke chapter 8, in the beginning of this chapter, we have the parable of the sower. And how many sermons have you heard on the parable of the sower? And even within that sermon, I mean, we divide up the text into these little, little verses and sometimes even just phrases and words, and then we go on for seven or eight minutes on this verse and then seven or eight minutes, and we just sort of dissect it. Um, and then we, we typically approach this text in isolation from everything else that's happening in Luke chapter 8. So we know the parable of the sower, but Luke chapter 8, what parable of the sower has to do with everything else, that's not as obvious to us. In reality, that parable was, was thoughtfully placed here by the author as a part of this larger story that's been carefully arranged and told. So the parable of the sower, for example is really a commentary on the many interactions people are having with Jesus all around this parable in the story. And so in verse 1 of the chapter, you have the women who follow Jesus. In verse 19, you have Jesus' family. In verse 26, you have the Gerasenes. In verse 40, you have Jairus. All different people, very different reactions to Jesus. What's the explanation for this? That this same Jesus preaching the same message, doing these same signs, has so many different reactions. What's the explanation for this? Parable of the sower is the explanation for that. Parable also serves an explanation for why not everyone who witnesses the miracles uh, that uh, the miracle stories in this chapter and all around it is the explanation for why not everyone who witnesses the miracles believes either. Why not? Well, because different soils, different hearts. So it's just helpful to read the Bible and especially the Gospels sometimes in greater quantities than we normally would in a sermon. This is a, a time when we don't dissect; we try to put things together. Don't take it apart. We'll try to put it together. So today my plan is to read chapters 8 through 11. Now, one more thing before we get going here. Last time I did this, I, I find it helpful. I tried to give you a word to key in on on each of the chapters, to give it some sort of focus. I'm not just reading here. I want to give you something to think about as we go. So let me give you one word for each of the chapters we're going to read. Chapter 8, my word is response. Response. Um, As I said, I think the centerpiece of this chapter is the parable of the sower. That's what sheds light on everything happening around it. What's the reason some people dedicate their lives to Jesus like the women at the beginning of the chapter, while others who witness great miracles go away from him or or want Jesus to go away and never talk to them again like the garrisons? What's the explanation? The answer is not the sower, 
It's not the seed, it's the soil. It's not Jesus, it's not the gospel, it's the heart that responds to it. Response is the key, is the key, key word. Chapter 9, the word I want you to think about is revelation. Revelation. In the broad sense, not the book of Revelation, but revealing. Chapter 9 is characterized by Jesus beginning to reveal himself in several ways. First of all, he reveals himself to greater numbers of people than he ever does before in the Gospels. You have the feeding of the 5,000 story. So there's a great, a great revealing of himself to a, a great mass of people. But then, he not only reveals himself to more people, he reveals more of himself, more about himself to his disciples, and more about his mission. And so you have in chapter 9 the transfiguration of Jesus alongside Moses and Elijah, a revelation of Jesus' glory to, uh, to some of the apostles. And then you also have a greater revelation of Jesus' ministry in chapter 9. After Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ, Jesus then begins to stress that the Christ's mission involves not conquering and killing, like I think Peter probably had in mind, not conquering and killing, but rather suffering and dying. So there is a revelation, several kinds of revelation happening. Chapter 10, the word is discipleship. Discipleship. Chapter opens with the sending out of 72 to preach the arrival of the Messiah in the kingdom of God. This is sometimes called the limited commission. It's sort of a test run for the kind of work God will call his people to do after Jesus ascends back to heaven. A test run. Well, what's going to happen when Jesus goes back? You're going to go out and preach this message, this gospel message, the arrival of the Messiah, the gospel. You also have here that Good Samaritan is in chapter 10, which is a great story about what the second great commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, what that means in practice. So we're thinking about being disciples, living in the world as followers of Jesus. What does that mean in my relationship to other people? Who is my neighbor is the question that kicks off that parable. Discipleship. And finally, chapter 11, my word is judgment. Judgment. Um, this chapter is punctuated by scenes of judgment. There's, that was a harder one to label because there's a lot going on in chapter 11, but judgment. First, there is a judgment scene of Jesus' judgment of Satan in his casting out of demons and then an explanation of what it is he's up to in those exorcisms. He explains that one of his great missions in his mission is to um, strike a blow against Satan, and that is what he is doing when he casts out demons. And then the end of that chapter ends with a judgment against the hypocritical religion of the scribes and Pharisees. So the words are response, chapter 8, revelation, chapter 9, discipleship, chapter 10, judgment, chapter 11. So I hope that gives you something to think about. So let's get after it. Luke 8 and verse 1. Soon afterwards, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others, who provided for them out of their means. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell among the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when the disciples asked him what this this parable meant, he said, To you 
It has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in a time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked, choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar and puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has, thinks that he has, will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, But they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. One day he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake and and, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this, that he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him? Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on the land, there met a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. So a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let let them enter these, so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. When the herdsmen that saw what had happened, they fled and told it to the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. 
The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with them, but Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there was a man named Jairus who was a ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Jesus went, as Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who is it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surround you and are pressing in on you. And Jesus said, Someone touched me. I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her, but he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. Taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given to her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was perplexed, because it was said by some that John had been risen from the dead, by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the prophets of old had risen. Herod said, John I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. On their return, the apostles told them all that they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him. And he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who needed healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away. And go into surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and to get provisions. We are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. They said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so and made them all sit down. Taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and said, 
blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, who do the crowd say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but others say Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old is risen. Then he said to them, who do you say that I am? Peter answered, the Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory glory of the Father and of the holy angels, but I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. And as he was saying these things, a cloud came, over, came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. <clears throat> On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. And behold, a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth and shatters him and will hardly leave him. And I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon threw him to the ground and convulsed him. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father, and they were and all were astonished at the majesty of God. And while they were all marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, Let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying, and it was concealed from them so that they might not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this thing. An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, 
Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among all of you is the one who is great. John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he did not follow us. But Jesus said to him, Do not stop him, for the one who is not against you is for you. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them and went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you... Go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, Plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if the Son of Peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears the, the one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Seventy two returned with the, with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. 
Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. And turning to the disciples, He said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, 
Lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut. My children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. While others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, and finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you were nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. When the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation condemned them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the, at the, generation with this, at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that all who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright, as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. 
While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked to dine with him. So, went, so he went in and reclined at table. The Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisee, you Pharisees, cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools! Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give as alms those things that are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, For you are like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without knowing it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, in saying these things, you insult us also. And he said, Woe to you, lawyers, also. For you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you. For you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. So you are witnesses... And you consent to the deeds of your fathers, for they killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Woe to you, lawyers. You have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. As he went away from there, the scribes and Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. So that's where we'll stop. And uh, you could probably guess next time we have a fifth Sunday, we'll pick up there where we left off. There's just a lot going on there. I'm not going to try to preach a sermon right now. Just take in all that Jesus has done. Take in the real picture of Jesus you actually get from the Gospels. It's a picture of incredible stories, incredible parables, sometimes a hard edge like in that last bit when he keeps saying woe to those people right in their faces and they say, you insult me, and he says basically you're right. Here is Jesus who calls people to holiness, who calls us away from hypocrisy, away from sin, and toward repentance. If you want to come and follow that Jesus, the Jesus we've been reading about, we offer the opportunity right now as we stand and as we sing. Sweet his cry of love and pity, call up and listen, stay and hear. Ye that labor and are
upon your dear Lord's breast, ye that labor and are heavy laden, come hand up. 